Justin Tucker's 66-yard game-winning field goal, Agnew's 109-yard kick return, a bunch of pick sixes, blowouts, upsets, and bad coaching. Week three really had it all, wouldn't you say, Steele? Yeah. 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 It's a, you should throw disappointment in there because it really did. Uh, it was an exciting week, but man, I'm really feeling uh, a little disappointment after what just went down. Yeah, not that exciting. Welcome into the Ziggy and Steel show. Um, I am your host, Ziggs, and with my co-host, Steel, we are here to give y'all a bad pod today. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this one here. No, not at all. Hey, you know what's funny? Uh, we were texting for the listeners out there. We were texting yesterday afternoon and said, hey, should we do our week, week three recap uh, tonight before the Monday night game? And you know, we kind of ultimately decided to say, no, let's do it on Tuesday because we have something uh, you know, interesting to talk about. And I don't want to bury the lead, but you know, we do have some interesting things to talk about later in this episode. So I almost wish we didn't wait, honestly. Well, I I disagree, mainly because then you would have gotten a free pass for a whole week. I almost sent you a text, actually, that said, like, yeah, I really don't want to record today because I don't want you to get a free pass in case the Eagles suck tonight. I, I did not send said text, but I was really just like, I don't want to be the only one who's got to sit here and just be so disappointed in what happened this weekend. It was it was tough to watch. Fantasy-wise, I did okay, but uh, as a homer, we did not do well. Yeah, uh, not good for the home, quote-unquote, away team Man. this week. But <laughs> besides getting into the Bears and Eagles recap, we are here on a rare Tuesday show to give you guys our normal speed cap of the week uh, week three slate and talk about some big three. How is this? Steel steals? I thought we said steel slate. Steel steals? I mean... I don't know. These, these three games stole your heart? That's where I'm kind of getting at? Well, this week? we're going to workshop Maybe. that. Put that out to the listeners. If, if you guys <laughs> like it, um, how about you text in? Let us know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, tell Zig to get with it and come up with a better name. Yeah, clearly it's all him. I have no, I have no say in segment names. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, I have to always mention, you know, please like and subscribe to the Oh Boys Podcast Network. But without further ado, hold on, hold on. Before you go on, if if you guys can't, because we're not really on social media, advertising ourselves, putting ourselves out there, that's something that we're getting in the works right now. We're still kind of in a soft opening phase. Um, if you can't send a text out to your friends because you don't have to listen to us on Anchor, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So text a friend because they may know us or maybe you enjoy this and let them know, hey, listen to Ziggy and Steel Show because they're entertaining and this guy's going to get drunk during his Monday speed cap or Tuesday speed yeah. cap as today. And we do this for you guys. So yeah. we hope, and of course for ourselves too, because we're very invested in our actual teams and our fantasy teams. But you know, ultimately, we want to share kind of our knowledge with you guys. And I've gotten a few texts and, you know, social media shout outs uh, over the last few weeks just about uh, you know, where's the show and things like that and how to find it. So please, if you can keep on growing that audience, 
we would definitely appreciate that. Has, has anybody commented on the speed cap? Have they said anything about my stupid fucking voice? No, no, just the uh, the beer cracking, which really sets off the uh, the the speed round. So, oh well, I'll wait, I'll wait. Oh, all right. So I don't want to keep you too long. So, all right. So that, that beer looks that beer looks delicious. So, without further ado, let's kick it off with the Panthers and Texans from last Thursday. Oh, I love that. Panthers and Texans on Thursday. So, uh, Panthers come in, get that W. Sam Darnold off to a great start after leaving the Adam Gase era in New York and hopefully in the NFL. Hopefully it's over. We don't have to worry about it. Sam Darnold getting the two rushing touchdowns and CMC goes down. Mill, Davis Mills, right? He's he's not looking too bad. 168 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, no turnovers. And uh, Brandon Cooks is still the man. Nine for 112 on 11 targets. DJ Moore was eight for 126. Had the 100 yards in the first half, though. So his production kind of fell off in the second quarter. That might have just been due to game script and the lead they had. Uh, Chubba Hubbard right now looking like a big ad for the waivers. And keep a lookout for Terrace Marshall. As for the Texans side on waiver ads, hashtag not my backfield. No, no, no. And we did get news that McCaffrey is not going on IR, so <laughs> Hubbard is a uh, just a couple-week play if you need a flex play real quick. I'm not going high on Fab for him. Um, Cardinals-Jags. Cardinals-Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, little bit of growing pains, and I understand people are kind of like, why is no one talking about how much he sucks? Well, he's dealing with a first, first-time NFL head coach in Urban Meyer. Uh, not good. And also the Jaguars are just a bad team. He seems to be liking DJ Chark and Marvin Jones a whole lot. James Robinson uh, looking good out there. But the Jags were not able to escape the win, although they kept it close. That uh, 109-yard field goal return for a touchdown really kept them in the game. But in the second half, Cardinals kind of ran away with it. Uh, Kyler Murray got the one rushing touchdown, no passing touchdowns. And James Conner, what the fuck? He came in to be the the goal line back, and they it just shows they don't trust Chase Edmonds uh, inside the red zone. So I'm not too surprised. Uh, he, it's only three weeks in. James Cotter has been healthy right now, so keep an eye on that. Just like you know, Chase Edmonds is used from uh, twenty to twenty, and not inside that. So not too surprised there. I was surprised. But, Fuck James wa- Cotter. Washington a football team in Buffalo. Ah, Washington. Uh, I'm I'm all aboard the Taylor Heineke hype train. I tried to make a nice pun, the hype key train, uh, hype key train. It didn't really work out well, so we abandoned that one. Uh, he's looking good though. Unfortunately, they were not able to get the win here. The Bills are looking great, and Emmanuel Sanders. Good lord, that man is on one right now. Bills passing attack looks excellent. Um. Yeah, you got to give it up for me. Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky jumping in one for one with one yard. I mean, what else can you ask for there? And uh, is it still hashtag not my backfield with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary? Um, Yes, because of both of them being productive. So it's really what I didn't want out of this backfield. So, yeah, still hashtag not my backfield. But if it's some of yours out there, good for you. Good for you. Colts, Titans. Colts, Titans. Well, A.J. Brown exited this game early. 
and a little guy named Nick Westbrook led the wide receivers in passing. Titans inevitably escape with this win. All the while, Ryan Tannehill having a pretty decent game, three touchdowns and two interceptions, only 197 yards passing. Uh, you see Derrick Henry get the 113 rush yards. So I, you're not worried about this offense, but some of these pieces you have to be concerned. Maybe the loss of A.J. Brown is going to hurt this passing attack, but also help Julio Jones. Uh, on the Colts side, Naeem Hines, if he's not rostered in any of your leagues, you need to grab him. He's going to be a thorn in everyone's side, and in PPR, he's going to continue to get some high-value touches. He's getting touches inside the two-minute warning and just when they need him out there. So Jonathan Taylor still has a grip on the backfield, but Naeem Hines, watch out for him. They're looking to trade Marlon Mack as well, so that is another feather in Naeem Hines' cap, and if that happens, it's going to clear up the backfield. A little bit more. Saints-Patriots. I didn't like this game. Felt really fucking boring. Um, although, you know, Jameis Winston, 128 yards and two touchdowns. It was basically like the Packers game minus all touchdowns. All you Alvin Kamara owners who were panicking. I had a few people say, are you starting Kamara against the Patriots? Of course I'm starting him against the Patriots. It's Alvin fucking Kamara. Uh, but you can rejoice. Uh, he got the 24 carries for 89 yards and three receptions, 29 yards, and he got the touchdown. So you're happy. Marquez Callaway, everyone that dropped him, he got a touchdown. So you're probably pretty upset about that. And Mac Jones, not a good game here. Saints defense, pretty solid, but one touchdown and three interceptions. A little bit of growing pains happening for Mac Jones there, which is uh, to be expected from all these rookie quarterbacks that have happened this season so far. Um, I think you know we do lose James White probably for the season here. And that backfield is still muddy, uh, but Damon Harris is going to be the number one, even though he was game scripted out. Falcons-Giants. For that backfield, real quick, check out J.J. Taylor. If uh, he's unknown, he might take over that James White role, and that's going to be very important to the Patriots offense, as we've seen. Falcons-Giants. Falcons get their win here against the Giants. The Danny Jones hype train, maybe it's ended here. Eight for eight attempts for 39 on the ground, and then he had 266 yards through the air. Uh, no touchdown. Saquon Barkley got a touchdown when they fell down on the one yard line so um <clears throat> giants offense i just want literally nothing to do with it at this point matt ryan had two touchdowns out there got one of them to olamide zacchaeus i'm gonna try that and lee smith no nothing from uh kyle pitts and calvin ridley out here i don't know this was a weird game to watch i just i don't have a lot on it um one word, keep one word on Kyle Pitts. Keep or trade? Trade if you can get a good value for I him. I said one word. Trade. I said trade. Bengals Steelers. Bengals Steelers. Who saw the Bengals winning this game? Raise your hand. And now shake it off because you may have just hit the roof of your car when you raise your hand. So <laughs> <laughs> Joe Burrow gets three touchdowns with only 172 yards, 14 of 18. Uh, he did have the one reception or one interception, 
My apologies. Uh, Joe Mixon. How do you feel about Joe Mixon right now? Feeling good. So quiet. <laughs> Najee Harris uh, really came out here this past weekend. 14 carries for 40 yards, 14 receptions for 102 yards. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster exits with the rib injury. Chase Claypool had uh, nine receptions on 96, so you love to see that with the uh, lack of Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. But all in all, this Steelers team looks like a mess, and uh, I'm hitting the explode button on it. Jamar Chase, by the way, has a touchdown in every single game and has four touchdowns on the season. Yeah, um, can't wait to see what Chase and Higgins do going forward with this team and Burrow as well, obviously. And on the CO side, just like you said, I'm only trusting Najee Harris. I'm really nervous about these receivers, especially how Ben's looking. Ravens-Lions. Ravens-Lions. So there's a lot of talk about this game. Mr. Justin Tucker hitting a 66-yard field goal, and I don't want to take away from that. But let's not forget that Lamar Jackson had to get a first down on what I believe was fourth and 13. He scrambled and got it to even put them in the, albeit terrible, position for a field goal. The leg of Justin Tucker was able to drive it through. Lamar kind of underwhelmed here uh, when, from what you would say it was like a smash matchup playing against Detroit. He basically completed half of his passes for 287 yards, a touchdown interception. Uh, the 58 yards rushing, though, obviously saves you a little bit. Mark Andrews with the five for 109. And uh, uh, talk about hashtag not my backfield. Uh, the Ravens are a strong candidate for it right now. Yeah, I don't know why Tyson Williams is not. Uh, he's clearly the most talented back. He's the most explosive back in that backfield. So I would you would think that they would realize that right away, but. They are not, and we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, Justin Tucker off the front of the rim, absolutely incredible kick. And everyone, including myself, kind of jumped out of their seat when you saw that ball go through the uprights. Yeah. Jets, Broncos. Uh, real quick, Lions, back, Lions backfield, Jamal Williams, uh, 12 attempts, and DeAndre Swift, 14 attempts. So, obviously, you're working with a timeshare. There, Jets, Broncos, uh Oh, well, uh, Zach Wilson, not off to a strong start in his career. None of the rookie QBs are, though, to be fair. Uh, it's looking pretty bad on both sides. Real story here was the Broncos offense, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both getting in the end zone. Javante did have the fumble uh, when they were close to the end zone at one point. Tim Patrick looking to be a Strong, strong waiver addition, especially in this Broncos offense. And uh, with KJ Hamler going down, torn ACL, you, you really hate to see it. It's it's sad to see, but Tim Patrick's definitely going to carry some value moving forward. Dolphins Raiders. Oh, wow. You're just jumping, jumping over on me like that. Uh, what's up with these Raiders, man? 3-0 and right now? I can't believe it. Jacoby Brissett honestly didn't play terribly at, uh in relief of Tua but Peyton Barber on the Raiders side 23 carries for 111 attempts and one touchdown people were thinking Kenyon Drake was going to get the bulk of the workload here with um Josh Jacobs being down and apparently 
John Gruden has a love for Peyton Barber that no one saw coming. Knock on wood if you're with me, boys. <laughs> Had to do it. Uh, Raiders escape with the win here. Um, Dolphins backfield. Still don't know what to do with it. No, another hashtag on my backfield. These three-headed monsters, stay away from them. Uh, on both sides of the ball here. Um, I think Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber are going to be the guys here because Jacob's foot is not something that they should rush back if you are smart, uh, especially since they have some built-in equity being 3-0. Hmm. Uh, Jalen Waddle, 12 catches, 58 yards, the most catches for the least amount of yards ever. Uh, wow. That's, yeah, shocking. Very, very, very shocking. So, I mean, Jacoby Brissett, again, quarterback changes. We were talking uh, a little bit earlier pre-pod, but quarterback changes. You see uh, Gasicki get more involved now with Brissett. Something to keep an eye on. Last one, Seahawks-Vikings. Man, watch out for Kirk Cousins at home. This man. Watch out for Kirk Cousins in general right now, I guess. Uh, Alexander Madison in place of Dalvin Cook, also 26 carries, 112 yards. They put the work on the Seahawks, I believe. Tyler Lockett exited early in this game. DK Metcalf, 6 for 107 and a touchdown. But you got to give it to the Vikings here for winning 30-17 to 17 on the Seahawks. I mean, th- this is impressive, especially... The three touchdowns, zero interceptions from Kirk Cousins. He was 30 of 38. It's super efficient. Um, Justin Jefferson, nine for 118. Tyler Conklin, seven for 70. Both of them got in the end zone. And Adam Thielen, six for 50 with one. Good on you. Yeah, I don't. uh, Kirk Cousins averaging 303. I don't think he has a turnover either through three games. So very, very impressive um, for this Vikings offense. Tyler Conklin, definitely a nice uh, pickup. I'm wondering if there was just a bunch of dump-offs that Dalvin Cook would usually get that went to Tyler Conklin, but he looked good out there with K.J. Osborne as well. Uh, Yeah, I like both of these offenses kind of for fantasy throughout the entire season. I may tread lightly with Tyler Conklin. If you're tight end needy or can afford to stash a tight end, then... He's a guy I'm looking at, but I definitely want to wait and see what happens with him. Fair enough. And that will do it for our speed cap. So let's dive in to. So that will do it for our speed cap. Let's dive in to Dalton's. What do we call it? Steel Slates? Steel, Steel Slate Steel. was the working title. We still, We still got some. Okay. Work well, to well, let's dive into the working title then. Okay. We'll start off with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Oh, we're starting Chargers and Chiefs. That's how I wrote it. I I had the wrong uh the wrong notes up. So, oh, excuse me. This is another game. I don't think anyone expected the Chargers to escape with a win here. I don't think anyone expected Justin Herbert to throw for 281 yards and four touchdowns um i is the chiefs right now are sitting at one and two the clyde edwards hilaire has fumbled in some pretty big situations for them currently i mean 
do they need to be worried about him and his usage moving forward? No, Andy Reid is not typically a guy that doghouses his fumblers. Um, I do like the 17 carries. He did get the receiving touchdown, only you know, two catches, nine yards. But, again, he does get in the end zone catching the ball. So they're going to have to figure out a way to really get him more involved in this offense because otherwise the Chiefs team is not going anywhere. Um, I think the lack of a running game, they were able to get by with it last year. But, you know, coming into this year, I think teams are kind of figuring out that, you know, if we can kind of contain Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey a little bit, then we can run the ball and keep uh, keep them off the field and end up winning games and outscoring them. So they're going to have to figure out how to run the ball themselves. And I think this was encouraging for CEH owners to see. Yeah, I mean, he had 17 for 100, so I'm not discounting what he was able to do for them, but the fumbles have really cost them a lot lately, and this is a tough division. You're you're not playing around in here, and you know, you'd love to see the work from Austin Eckler with the Chargers, but um, Mike Williams, Wow. This talk about another guy who's really doing something for himself this year. A person I think a lot of people would have told you, no, he's injury prone, not drafting him. It, there's no way I can bring him on my team. And right now, he's been providing a solid floor for fancy owners. And I think it can only go up from here as long as Joe Lombardi can continue what he's been doing for this Chargers team. And Joe Lombardi came in and said, Mike Williams is going to be my ex receiver. He's right. going to So he kind of gave us those nuggets. Sometimes you do have to listen to coaches here, especially first time coaches. They don't know how to lie to the media yet. So they're going to tell you the truth and what they're trying to establish here. And you know, I think with Mike Williams it was just like almost how Corey Davis was last year, where we we're just like, okay, I'm kinda tired of this. They don't necessarily pick up their fifth year option and we don't know what we're gonna you know what's gonna happen there and then they end up having this uh this monster start to a season so mike williams is no different seven for 122 and a couple of touchdowns as well it does scare you every time he catches the ball because he lands super hard i.e debo samuel but again he is the number one option in this offense with keenan allen in there and i'm willing to say that keenan allen eight for 50 and a touchdown, you're okay with that if you're an Allen owner. But, yeah, Mike Williams is getting all the downfield stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the Chargers, it seems like they're not really running the ball. Austin Eckler led the backfield, and he had 11 carries right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Herbert ran the ball four times. They mixed in uh, Roundtree, Guyton, and Jackson for a combined seven attempts. So... Yeah, what, I mean, you're you're safe as an Eckler owner, but that's interesting to see they're not really running the ball that often. Yeah, uh, 11 for 55 for Eckler, as you said, five yards a carry. So they're running it effectively. I think their offensive line is still working on gelling. You know, Brian Balaga's there on right tackle. Um, Corey Lindsley's their center that they brought in. 
in the offseason. I think they're still looking to gain that chemistry as an offensive line unit. And while they're doing that, they're just having Justin Herbert throw the ball all over the place. I mean, 26 for 38, you know, four touchdowns just shows that they're putting everything on this kid. And he is so far delivering. That's a big win for for the Chargers there in Kansas City. Um, Absolutely. I will, I will say on the Chiefs side, Miko Hardman catches a touchdown and then immediately they sign Josh Gordon to the practice squad. So you really can't trust an Andy Reid number two receiver. Never have, never will. So that goes for what will potentially be another muddy receiving room behind Kelsey and Hill. I I hate this Josh Gordon signing so much. I hate the hype behind it, really. Um, he hasn't done anything since 2013. So let's, yeah. let's calm when they, down. When they print out the graphic and say, oh, this Chiefs offense is looking fire, they use Josh Gordon's picture from when he was with the Browns in 2012. So <laughs> that really just shows that you know he hasn't really done anything of note every time he's been reinstated in the league here. So that would really be you know something to keep an eye on or just like i mean i'm not spending any money on josh gordon out there free agent. it's like a fat budget i wouldn't spend anything on him so other receivers i'd rather have absolutely let's move on to the packers and 49ers a sunday night game i mean we really don't have to spend a ton of time on this i don't think the 49ers looked that great out there really think they got a lot of help um, from from some referees just from watching the game. I mean, this happens every week with every team, so I'm not singling out the 49ers here whatsoever. But they left. Uh, I mean, what it came down to was them leaving time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers. And I want to comment first because someone decided to recreate that picture from the Cowboys game where the fans were celebrating and they said, oh, they're celebrating with so much time left. That's the best one. The guy who recreated the 49ers game, not Mm -hmm. as good. Not as good. I think he's kind of just jacking this dude's steez, if you will. I I, I don't... I don't think it's that impressive. Someone already did it. You needed something else. Um, Aaron Rodgers, though, man. You got to love what you saw from him. Well, I mean, just like what that guy said in the video that you're talking about, I'm not worried. Uh, you're not worried about Aaron Rodgers here, 23 for 33, 261 and two. Just, he always likes to go and play in Cali. Like, that's just a fact of Aaron Rodgers' life. And so, you're not surprised with that. Aaron Jones gets 19 carries and the touchdown as well. Very nifty run by Aaron Jones to get in there. Um, Devontae Adams, honestly, you can't really say anything about him he 12 for 132 in a touchdown on the receiving end of an absolute beautiful throw by Aaron Rodgers within those last 37 seconds um, but that catch right over for right over Fred Warner and uh, right in front of the safeties Devontae Adams was in midair doing almost like a 360 catch to catch that ball and yeah. he caught that snagged it out of the air with ease Obviously, is a perfect throw, but receiver still has to make the catch. And, you know, first thing he did is try to get out of bounds. So I that connection is just going to bear fruit for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, Adams touchdown. He, you know, 
route guided somebody up and walked into the end zone. So, and MVS is the number two uh, on this team. If he can actually catch the ball, he's going to be very effective for this team. I'm so, so happy that you brought I up. I will say on the uh, Niners side. MVS, because he absolutely is the number two in this offense. I actually, uh, week one, you know, that Saints game, I looked over at my buddy before they were getting just their asses kicked. And I told him, I was like, man, I heard MVS. He's got the trust of Aaron Rodgers. I think this is going to be a big year for him. Yeah, yeah, yada. And right there, he was just targeting him nonstop. He's continued to do it. And if he's available in your leagues, I would definitely recommend uh, stashing him because it's only a matter of time before he really explodes. And quick shout out to Devontae Adams. I don't know if you remember finishing the game or if you are okay. I hope you are uh, finishing the game 12 for 132 and a touchdown. And you got lit up at one point. So good on you for coming back in the game. You love to see that. Made big catches, obviously, after coming back in the game. So not uh, feeling the lingering effects of that injury. He said it was more of a chest injury than a head injury. I think he was kind of, uh, I don't want to say that he was selling it, but if you're going to say it's a chest injury besides a head injury, then, you know, you could have moved a little bit, a little bit after getting hit. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. We all saw Aaron Rodgers after the uh, the win against I think it was the Bears, right? Where he seemed like he was drugged out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we all saw that. So the NFL players are not uh, unfamiliar with coming back into the game when they shouldn't, I'll say. Yeah, I mean, there are no drugs for a concussion. So uh, if, if it was, then he wouldn't have been out there. I'm pretty certain of that. Correct. Uh, really quick on the Niners side, Trey Sermon scores, but Elijah Mitchell should be back next week. Keep an eye on injury reports there. Do Kyle, not you play said, with this 49ers backfield. Just just don't even play with it. Yeah, another one, another hashtag for you there. Um, the interesting thing that I have here is Brandon Ayuk. Four catches on six targets, 37 yards and a touchdown. Probably should have had two touchdowns, and we'd, we'd be talking about him in a completely different light. Devo Samuel did end up with 10 targets, so did George Kittle. But Ayuk, he looks like he is running back here with the first team. He's kind of gotten back into his good graces. And Mohamed Sanu did have three for 36, but Ayuk, I would expect to dominate more of those uh, Sanu's news targets as we go down the season here he's definitely a buy low candidate right now i think if you would have had two touchdowns we'd be talking about him as a guy that should be back in your lineup so brad nayuk uh buy low candidate in my opinion and i don't know how that makes me feel about debo samuel but we'll just have to wait and see that's that's also going to depend on the owner um some people may have the attachment to Ayuk and don't want to give up on him. Some people would rather get rid of the headache. So you kind of have to test those waters. Finally, Bucks Rams. Bucks Rams. Okay. So first of all, I heard recently, I can't remember where, but two people were discussing the Matt Stafford and Detroit trade. And they were saying, oh, clearly LA's won that trade already, yada, yada, yada. And even 
you know, Matt Stafford, he looks phenomenal. The the Rams look great right now. Everything is going swimmingly for them. But I think it's definitely too early to say that the Rams have won this trade. We're three games into the 2021 season, and we want to crown them the winners. When Jared Goff won, doesn't look terrible. And I believe Mm -hmm. the Lions were still able to get two first-round picks in this trade. So, you know, we'll put all that aside. I just wanted to dissect that and say that, you know, this Rams offense, they look great, but we are still only three weeks into the season. We'll see how it continues. Cooper Cup, obviously the number one receiver in the NFL right now, and um, you know, good for him. Matt Stafford, he threw for 343 yards and four touchdowns this week, and the Rams are actually able to run the ball pretty successfully. I think that's something uh, I myself was surprised by because – I thought they were going to abandon the run entirely. And you still see in a game where they scored 34 points, Sony Michelle is getting 20 carries. Um, it's just uh, surprising to see. Well, this is uh, this is kind of the inverse of using the run to set up the pass. You know, I think yeah. their passing game is so prolific that they're using the pass to set up the run. They're only running when necessary. And against a Tampa Bay front where you really can't run on, they – Picked their spots to hand the ball off to Sonny Michelle, and I think that's what kept the Tampa defense kind of on their heels. And before they knew it, you know, they're throwing deep balls to Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson's getting open, and you know, they're running wheel routes with Cooper Cup and getting him matched up on you know slot corners and linebackers, and it it just looks so easy for Matt Stafford. You know, nine touchdowns and one interception for Stafford this year so far. Just shy under a thousand yards, and I did see some Lions fans kind of tweeting that, you know, one thing that Sean McVay has had, you know, has kind of had some issues with is is managing the play calling as well as you know his quarterback, and I think that with Stafford coming in, a very underrated part of Stafford coming in is him really bringing his football knowledge and IQ to Sean McVay and making Sean McVay's job a lot easier. And so I think that's why this is a match made in heaven. That's why, you know, Rams fans may think that they won the trade because they do have an upgraded quarterback for a team that can possibly make a deep run in the playoffs. And, hey, they're 3-0, and they should be feeling pretty good that if, you know, Tampa ends up with the same record as them, they're going to have the tiebreaker. This here, it's a it's a classic showing of how a quarterback who's put into a good system can actually thrive. Matt Stafford was in Detroit. I've watched him for years as a Bears fan. I've seen him many times, and you know I live in Wisconsin, so NFC North games they get broadcast here. Matt Stafford. Although he has seemed, I don't want to see say uh, underrated, but he's. I've noticed that he's a good quarterback. Detroit is just a bad organization. They are run terribly, and here Matt Stafford is man. He goes into Sean McVay system, and I talked about 
Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback for these new age systems when Matt LaFleur went to the Packers. And I'm kind of being shown here that Matt Stafford and Sean McVay's system is the true pairing that we've been waiting to see with these young coaches coming into the NFL and good on them. And, you know, I've talked a lot about the Rams here and I don't want to take anything away from the Buccaneers. Um, it was so a good game from them. Tom Brady led the team in rushing. How about that? You ever seen that? No. He threw the ball 55 times and he led the Buccaneers in rush yards. Shades of uh, CC Sabathia's 2008 game with, with the Brewers, run with the Brewers to the uh, to the, get them to the playoffs. But right. you're absolutely right. Tom Brady was doing everything here. A lot of it in kind of garbage time. The score doesn't reflect how this game went. Um, you do have your receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, doing what they do. Chris Godwin gets the rushing touchdown as well. Geo gets a passing touchdown here in garbage time too. I think it's business as usual as you'd see for the Buccaneers. Like, this is another hashtag, not my backfield. Stay away from Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Gio Bernard. I know you like you like Gio going in, but... I like him I, as, a, as a flex, maybe if you have a double flex league. I, I do like him. Um, he had the hamstring, hamstring injury earlier in the season that really kind of turned me off from him, but... Uh, he he looks like he's back, but he had the MCL sprain at the end of the game. So you got to monitor that if he's a guy you're looking at for a waiver pickup going forward. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not worried about um, Tampa either. I mean, obviously, they're only their first loss of the season. So Oh, yeah. They're fine. They'll, they'll be just fine. These, team, these teams probably will meet again. I will just say that. Yeah. All right. We've done enough talking about football. Everyone else about football. Just football. Yeah, let's talk about what happened with our respective teams. I'm going to start with Philadelphia because it's still a little fresh in my mind here. They go to Dallas and they lay an absolute egg. Um, Probably one of the worst coached games I've seen as an Eagles fan. And that's saying a lot. I've seen... I've seen Chip Kelly, you know, average 42 <laughs> seconds per drive. Um, yeah, and I've seen Doug Peterson, stats I was saying last year, Doug Peterson, you know, in the second half of Jalen Hurts' stats were, or starts were was throwing the ball 82% of the time, 18% run. Well, how's a 99% pass and 1% run? Because that was the ratio that we had last night. There were only three running back carries for the Philadelphia Eagles throughout the whole game. And that is one of the most criminal things because of how much Nick Sirianni has talked about getting the ball in your playmaker's hands. And honestly, Miles Sanders did really well with those carries. And I don't know why he didn't get the ball more with his carries and his screen passes. So the fact Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell weren't involved was concerning. Uh, but I'm not going to let Jalen Hurts off the hook. This is his second straight game where his passing has been seriously called into question here. He's not really stepping into his throws, which is something I mentioned last week to keep an eye on. On both of his interceptions, he 
would have been they could have been resolved or at least uh, in better positions for the receivers to make catches. And I know Devontae Smith fell on the pick six, but the throw still wasn't great. And he needs to clean up his mechanics and really plant that front foot and drive the ball. And who knows, he might not be a guy that can drive the ball like that down the field or you know whatever it is. So that's yet to be seen, and that's why we are in this situation um, as Philadelphia Eagles fans kind of testing out to see if this guy is going to be our future at quarterback. Now, for fantasy, though, Jalen Hurts is wonderful. I mean, still ended up 326 yards on 25 for 39 passing, two touchdowns. Did mention the two interceptions, and he was pretty close to getting a rushing touchdown as well, but nine carries for 35 yards there. And then it's just kind of a crapshoot at receiver. Uh, no one really stepped up because there wasn't really a game plan per what I saw. Uh, Nick Sirianni pretty much says as much that we just, our game plan was to go in and try to keep up with Dallas, which is absolutely terrible to admit to the media because, like I said, with these rookie coaches, they don't know how to lie yet. And so, Sirianni, you got, you got some work to do there. Um, don't tell us that you were trying to keep up with Dallas's offense because that just you still have to do your own thing. Um, and then, but that's just the offense. <laughs> the defense did not necessarily show up to play. Um, they were out there for a lot too, but they were just getting gashed for the third straight game on the ground. Brandon Graham being out for the season has really hurt this run defense. And although we got some a uh, couple sacks from Javon Hargrave and a sack from Josh Sweat, the uh, the clear disparity in our linebackers versus what the Cowboys are putting at putting out at the linebacker position was apparent for every everyone to see. And that I mean, I it was tough. I tweeted this morning. I was like, I actually can't believe what I watched last night because. It was just went against everything that this coaching staff has preached. Even all the way down to the penalties, 37 penalties the Eagles had that leads the league. They had the next closest is 27 by Tampa Bay, and they passed that mark in the first quarter of the game last, last night. So discipline's a problem. It's just, uh, you know, pre-snap penalties, the offensive game plan was an issue. Jalen Hurts said it best. You uh you don't just uh you don't just take a turd and look at it. You flush it and move on. So I guess that's what they have to do. But you know, we're playing Kansas City next week, so let's see what happens. Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> I, I I was actually just about to say I was like, I can't believe you had that much. I've you're, you, there's really not a lot to hear from me for the Bears. I know a lot of people like to hear us talk about our teams, and you know, I'll, I'll get to the Bears after that. But yeah, that game last night, transitioning back to the Eagles and Cowboys, that game, it started off, um, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a barn burner. You know, the Eagles defense, they got that. Uh, Nice recovery in the end zone on that strip sack. Um, who co- was it? Zeke who got the first touchdown for the Cowboys. Um. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, and then you you had C.D. Lamb also who got a like a sixty six yard reception right off um, the it bat. W- 
Yeah, it was a 44-yard 44. reception. Okay, um, I knew it was double that numbers. On, yeah, they landed on the one, and yep. then uh, Zeke punched it in. Then the Eagles go down, and they throw the interception. And then we ended up stripping them in the end zone and getting that touchdown 7-7, but that was basically the end of the game. Um, you know, the Eagles went interception, punt, 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 and that was the end of the first half, and then pick six and the, coming out of the locker room. So game was over after that. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from the Cowboys, though, because Kellen Moore showed Nick Sirianni how to call plays for players and how to set up the run to or use the run to set up passes to um, Dalton Schultz, six for 80 and two touchdowns. And My guy? Your guy. And guy? they, you know, guys were running around wide open a lot in the second half. And, you know, they, you know, our boy AJ pretty much said they should have gone in victory formation at like 930 last night. So I, all credit to the Cowboys. I mean, the last three games we've played in Dallas, we've given up 41, 37, and 37 points. So this is right on brand. Um, I just think that Dallas, clearly Dallas's offense, if you have to look at the NFC East, it is the best unit by far in the NFC East. Like, you might have said Washington's defense would be that, you know, competing with them, but... From what we've seen, uh, this Cowboys offense is, is rolling, and Dak is looking really, 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 really good. Yeah, Dak looks like he's come to play, and um, I think you said it best. Cowboys look like the best team in the NFC East right now. It's them or the Giants, clearly, right? <laughs> I can't even... I'm going to move on to the Bears traveling to Cleveland. Oh, that's the end of the episode. You guys, uh, (laughs) thanks for listening. Have a great day. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, No. Yeah, from one bad play caller to another. No. I just... just, No. I... (sighs) Okay. The game wasn't entirely Justin Fields' fault. Um, Matt Nagy, bad play caller. Yep, established, hundred percent, not good. Um, I it whew, at this point, I may be convinced that uh, it wasn't all Mitch Trubisky's fault. I'm not calling Mitch Trubisky a good quarterback, but uh maybe Matt Nagy wasn't doing him any favors because, based on coach speak and what we've heard from this Bears coaching staff and everyone in training camp about Justin Fields and what he's able to do and all the things he has in his arsenal. There is not a fucking chance that you say all of that and you go into the game plan, go into Sunday's game with the game plan that you put out there. Nothing makes sense for it. You can go back to last week's episode and even week's one episode where I talk about the David Montgomery use and how it is strange to me that Damian Williams gets so much time in that backfield and so much usage. Okay. This week we come out no Damian Williams, like none. So Uh how do you go from giving this guy any touches at all? To now you have Justin Fields and and Damian Williams is a veteran, so maybe his pass blocking is better than Dave Montgomery. Whatever. Either way, 
it just doesn't make sense. I didn't. I don't think I saw Damian Williams out there for one step. It felt like, honestly, Matt Nagy used this game as an opportunity to tank and show that Justin Williams isn't ready to start. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever as to why an NFL coach would do that. But we're talking about Matt Nagy. So it kind of does make sense because at <laughs> this point he's convinced me he's a Nimrod. Yeah, this is a tough one to watch. Um, tough, to be honest. <laughs> I I went outside. I didn't. I, I avoided this game at all costs. Can, I was Could, like, can I watch the Falcons? Couldn't be in the same room. No. It, it 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 looked terrible. You're talking about a quarterback who has four four speed, a quarterback who can get outside the pocket. You didn't do one designed rollout. You had him sit in the pocket and take hit after hit after hit. We all saw the statistics. Oh, the Bears, they had one yard of offense based on the amount of sacks they had this weekend. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. And there was no sense of adjustment from Matt Nagy throughout the game. It was almost like this is what we have and this is what we're going to stick with. And meanwhile, you're talking about a dude who said in a press conference earlier this week that, oh, well, uh, Justin Fields, he's really shown us some stuff out here in practice that we weren't able to see in training camp. So uh, you can expect an entirely different playbook from what you've seen going forward in um. Yeah, we're really gonna unlock the offense with this guy. Get the fuck out of here, rolling shit. Get the fuck out of here. I. That's that's honestly all I have to say about the Bears. I think I went on longer than I had to. But uh, talk about a team that's in shambles. I don't think in my time as a fan, which is my whole life, this is a team that's ever committed to a full rebuild. It's always been trade piece after piece and asset after asset to stay relative and mediocre. And I'm calling for it. I think they need to trade Akeem Hicks. I think they need to trade Khalil Mack and every single veteran that's a part of this team commit to a rebuild, get your point, get your picks back because you're also talking about a team that can't commit to a rebuild because they already traded their first round pick next year. So this whole entire organization is strange. That's it. Yeah, uh, there's a reason why Matt Nagy was the favorite to be the first coach fired uh, in the season. So I'm a Detroit fan this weekend. Yeah. They, I mean, you know, there's the rumors are already speculating that this could be it if they lose to Detroit and Detroit has been playing hard the last, uh, last few weeks, but to your field's point, I mean, if you're going to go out there, Matt Nagy with that kind of game plan, you might as well just play Nick Foles because if you're not going to use this guy's legs, then get someone that has a more, you know, just a better feel of the offensive game at this point. And so, or, you know, or what defenses are trying to do to you if you're going to have a quarterback be a statue in the pocket against that offensive line. So, Miles, Miles Garrett appreciates Matt Nagy, I'm sure. He's going to make him a lot of no money here. No shit, four and a half sacks looking ass. So, um, I think you are a little worried, though, about uh, Allen Robinson, two for 27, and Darnell Mooney, one for nine. If Fields stays the quarterback, Mooney might be a drop candidate in fantasy football here. I know he was a nice little... Uh, trendy sleeper in the preseason, but you know, drafting position and how you felt about a guy coming into the season does not matter anymore. We're in week four now. We're almost quarter of the way through the season. So, yeah, but I, I mean, 
would you want to give Mooney the hold for the instance that Nagy gets fired? Because I really quick just want to say, like, this Detroit game, the the outcome of it should not shape his future. Mm-hmm. Because we are talking about Justin Fields, a quarterback who is known to be able to run, and he is playing behind a, hmm, shall we call it a subpar offensive line. Mm-hmm. You don't. I already said you don't design one. You don't have one designed rollout. You don't have this guy get outside the pocket whatsoever for this game. So why should him playing Detroit, the team that's been the bottom feeder of the NFC North for the past fifteen years, why should the outcome of a game against them dictate? what this head coach's future is because you've just seen what he did against a team in the Browns who have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. And you let Justin Fields sit back there and get lit up. So we're going to basically give this dude a pass if he gets a win against Detroit this weekend. That just sounds foolish. And honestly, it makes the Bears organization seem like a joke um and they'll probably continue to be looked at that way because that's who they are well this has been a depressing end to the ziggy and steel show i don't care i'm over it we both appreciate you guys listening (laughs) we'll be back uh later this week with a week four preview please make sure to put in your waiver claims tonight since we are recording on tuesday here but uh, we want to say, obviously, good luck to everybody out there. And, um, yeah, Bears and Eagles, get it together, guys. Go look at some film today and really. It's a, it's a big yikes situation. Couldn't have said it better myself. But uh, we'll talk. First, Steel, I'm Ziggy. We'll talk to you all later. Peace out. Peace. Strong side. <laughs>